Hello, Folkers. I'm Copper Kelly. You're welcome to the Folk and Around podcast, your favorite country music podcast. Uh, this week, I present to you an interview that myself and Jody had with Paul Kelly a few weeks ago. Uh, so without further ado, we'll get to the interview and I'll talk to you after. On this week's episode, we are joined by the lovely Paul Kelly. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you here. Jody, thanks, Amanda Copper. Thanks for having us. Ah, thanks for and I know us. we've attempted this now a few weeks and we've always <laughs> been, I think, uh, got our way, not our wires crossed, but we just had other things on. Uh, all on of us. So I want to thank you very much, uh, yourself and Copper, for having me on here. And I know you have done quite a few of these podcasts now, and I've been mm-hmm. listening. To a few to make sure I don't make a mess of this one. So hopefully oh. not. Oh. <laughs> no, no pressure then, you know, you've been building it up now for a while. Yeah, yeah. Big expectations. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You know what to expect anyway. Just a nice yeah. old casual yeah. conversation. <laughs> That's the way to go. That's it. So for anybody listening in on the audio or watching us on our YouTube channel that may not have met you before, Paul, why don't you give a little quick introduction to yourself? Uh, I suppose you know my name, Paul Kelly. Uh, I am a country singer at the moment. We're not uh, well, related, I was are we? Up until COVID popped in, <laughs> but yeah, I live in Ireland on the border of Donegal and Fermanagh, which is on the border of Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland. So, mm-hmm. like, it takes two and a half miles to the local shop, and I have four border crossings to oh. give a, to to do before I get to the shop. Basically, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You always have to carry two currencies in your wallet. You do, yeah. uh, and for anybody watching, you always have to have two phones, like a north phone and a south phone. So yeah. that's yeah. kind of uh, the disadvantages of living on the border. Um, apart from that, I started uh, in uh, my music career uh, very early on in life. I was uh, I was starting to go to secondary school. Uh, so that'd be like high school for you, Jody, or whatever. Mm. The night, the night before starting, my mum was playing in a two-piece band, and the fella playing with her broke his leg. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I had to jump in at the last minute and go and fill in with her. I ended up, I was just turning twelve years of age that time, and um, so basically, I have been playing music ever since. Well, I'm to lockdown, but not now. What I mean, ever since, I do mean ever since, because I've never been. Uh, I've never spent any period that I wasn't in a band of some sort. Yeah. I stayed with my mother probably five mm-hmm. or six years. And then I joined a five-piece kind of a country rock band. We specialised in weddings mostly. And I went from there then to a three-piece wedding band. And I was there for another few years. And uh, we've done a lot of work in the wedding industry, you know. And then next to it, a friend of mine, Andy Cox, who myself and himself would co-write a lot of the songs. He stopped me in the street one day. We live in a small village called Pedigo. I don't know if I said that or not. I think I did. But, and uh, so we started to work on the song. And uh, I said, it's, it's a song called So in Love. I don't even know if you've ever heard Jody or not or Copper. Yeah. So in Love. So he says, and there was another friend as well, Colin McGandus. So the three of us put this song together. I went to Jonathan Owens and recorded the song. And done a fair bit of business first and then it's just, this is great so we launched a band the following year yeah that was in October 2013 and basically been in the band scene then and the country scene sort of since 
uh, things changed a wee bit then. There was a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a lot of like country bands in Ireland doing exactly the same thing, like country jives, country quick steps, country mm-hmm. farming. So myself and Andy, Andy says to me, I have a song about farming, and I says, right, right. He says, so we've done a lot of work on that song, it's called On the Market, and that just opened a whole complete new uh, line of work for myself, you know, mm-hmm. as in young farmers dances, marking a farmer dances for like, you know, young farmers that go out to the weekend dances. So that opened a lot of doors and got us a lot of work, even in the UK, got us a lot of work in the UK as well. And that led on then to farming, trucking, cars and yeah, anything. We just changed the, you know, we kind of given the market at that time what it wanted. That was about 2007, 16, 17, 18. And at that stage, country was very cool. Still cool, like, but... Oh, of course it is. Uh, we were just giving it a little twist for putting... Like, because I'd done farming all my life and I drove a lorry then for about three or four years on and off. So I knew exactly what everything to do with farming. And yeah, Andy, yeah. great with lyrics. Now he's a farmer himself. So, yeah, started then writing them type of songs. And i say from then on, like I say, we were very busy. Even when lockdown hit, like I don't know if you've ever heard tell of us, uh, a farming university in England. It's called Harper Adams. <sighs> so we yeah. were there actually when lockdown happened. And I actually used to live next to Harper Adams. Really? <laughs> yeah, until I, I moved to London about three weeks ago, but I lived um, in Shropshire. Yeah, is that is that isn't that in Newport? Is the, is the town closest to it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Newport, Shropshire. Yeah. Yeah, so um, basically we were there at the gig. We've been doing this gig every year for the last four years. Called They have a Paddy's Ball over there. So it's for all mm-hmm. like, you know, the Irish people that attend the college. They have their own wee ball and then they head home for Paddy's weekend. <clears throat> so it's all, okay. it always falls on Friday before St. Patrick's Day. So we were there. We had a gig in Manchester Irish Centre on the Saturday night. And we were in Shapwell's Hotel in Cumbria on Sunday. We were meant to be. So we went, we went, we got the, the, the gig in Harper Adams was amazing. It's always amazing. Like this, there's, there's 3,000 people at it. Mm. It's just a serious, you get a serious vibe from that gig. And we ended up going to Manchester then. And next thing we were setting up the gear, next thing news flash, Ireland shutting down. So we played a, We played in the Manchester Centre. We only done, a, we only played an hour. Everybody understood. Listen, it'll be all right if you're on your own, uh, lads, but um, there's five other lads with me as well. And I can't be responsible for keeping five other lads out of the country when there's a pandemic just about to happen. So yeah, they had an hour in Manchester and we offered the people their money back and said, no, 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 they're all ex-Irish people anyway. And they said, no, get home and get safe. So we sit Hollyhead on the boat home. Yeah. Basically, the rest's. That's three since COVID. And you've been there ever since. <laughs> kind of, uh, Jody. Uh, basically, for musicians and singers, it just uh, we had a brick wall, a major brick wall, you know. Mm. Yeah. Obviously, if we sort of go back, because obviously we'll talk about what's going on now. But if we just mm. try and get a bit of a history on you, obviously you're kind of a veteran already at kind of the music industry. Has it? Were you quite a musical family sort of growing up? Then you said your mom did music. Yeah, my mum, well, myself and her recorded a few songs together. But yeah, um, like I think when I was five, Santi brought me a keyboard, maybe six. Mm. And 
basically since that, like the music came from my mum's side, like there's no music at all on my dad's side. Uh, but my mum's father and uncles would have all played a bit of trad music, you know, traditional traditional music. Yeah. Probably came from there. Um, always was a Christmas night party in my granny's house, my granny and granda's house. That's, you know, there's only one way to learn these things. If you want to learn, you just need to get into the middle of it and just play along. And like I, I did get guitar lessons and I did get keyboard lessons or piano lessons for a short while. But um, I remember well. I'm I'm probably going off the story, but now Jody, but I remember well <laughs> being at my piano lessons. And once I got the tune in my head, <clears throat> I played it. <clears throat> excuse me, I played it by ear. Oh, very good. Okay. The man was standing behind me, me playing the piano, maybe on my fourth or fifth time at the lessons, and he says. You're playing notes there that's not on that sheet. Why is this? And he says, you have this tune in your head and you're not reading the music. I, I never actually adopted very good to reading the music. So it was like, get the tune in my head and try and play by ear. I'm sure you've heard all of that. Oh, Anybody yeah. who plays music by ear. But yeah, it, it just started that early on. And as I told you the wee story earlier about the, the first day at high school or secondary school, you know, I was out at a gig that night with my mother the night beforehand, you know, and it would have been pubs and bars around, around Donegal, Tyrone and Fermanagh, but I, but, uh, I probably... And how were your school friends with that? They just thought this was great. They thought this was great. And and even, like, when they would have been going to, like, out to teenage discos, I was away playing at a pub or a bar, and even I remember my dad's night, like, we, my mother, we, were, we had a dinner dance booked for that night, but, like... This dinner dance would have been booked for like a year previous. And I'll never forget the dinner dance fell on the same night as my Debs. You know, Debs, you're leaving certain. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever you call it. So that meant uh, all my friends were at the leaving cert do, and I was out playing at a dinner dance with my mother. But, you know, I, I, not, I wouldn't change it for the world. Like, but um, yeah, that's, that's what I was doing, even all through school. Like, you know, I would have been out on a Sunday night playing, maybe home at three or four o'clock in the morning. The bus picked us up at half seven the next morning. And it, it was it was different, to put it that way, you know. <clears throat> and when you were, you're working on the farm, you're driving your trucks, did you ever think one day I'll be writing songs about this? Never, ever thought. You know, I always loved songs, but until Andy kind of gave us the nudge that day about, you know, writing the songs, I never thought, you know, you'd be able to do it. Andy, Andy Cox, a great fellow, he's a friend of mine and a neighbour. He would always put the sort of the story together, you know, and then <clears throat> he'd say, what what do we need to add to this? And you know, then just take out words, put in words, and basically I'd done all the music for the song. If you sit at the piano, I remember sitting at the piano in the house at night, and you get so into a song, and I remember looking around one morning and through front door you could see the the morning the light was shining through the front door i'd end up i'd sat all night at the piano and you know when you when you get that involved in something you never look at time or not and you just get so involved that it was morning and i'd sat all night at the piano i suspect this i need to get to bed you know it's just it's just someone like i say if when you get into it it's just hard to stop it you know it's like maybe like maybe a bit like an addiction or something i don't know <laughs> you know i'm the same and have yeah. you found that you've been doing more writing during lockdown now well, to be honest, uh, Jody, we haven't done a while. We have loads and loads of songs. Now, even we we read a few songs for other artists, and um, they're all kind of sitting there at the moment. I haven't released a lot of songs now this last while. I released a song last 
July, probably moving on a duet coming out now in the next uh, couple of weeks. But um, I haven't done a lot, to be honest with you. There's a lot of stuff written down that we haven't actually, you know, materialized or finished. You know, that that's all coming yeah. in, in, the, in the next year now or so. It's just very hard to know what market now we need to target. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, because I mean, you've never really done the dance scene, have you? Well, I mean, we, I can't see the dance is coming back, really. Well, it's going to be a while. That's for definite. You know, but you know, like the dance, the, the closest gig to me now would be the Allenham Arms Hotel in Bandor. And I don't know if you've heard tell of it or not. Yeah. It's a regular, regular gig. Every Saturday night, and then bank holiday weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we would always find ourselves doing the Sunday afternoon gig. Mm-hmm. Them events, you know, where families can come and, you know, I have to say, like, this, this nearly 2,000 hit, 2 million hits of some of my songs. And I would say three quarters of them hits are all from kids. Like, just it's just unbelievable the way the kids have taken to these songs we've done, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, COVID stopped everything for you. But what's the plan once you're allowed back out to play, should we say? Well, actually, Jody, at the end of May now, which is, I'm not sure when uh, the end of May now is our first gig. It's in, in the UK in Luton. And... Uh, the, the lady that was my book and she got an email one day about uh, about looking to book Paul Kelly for an event in Luton. And I was thinking, you know... Can I just say, I'm living in Luton now. <laughs> oh, are you really? Well, we'll be there. I'm going to be coming to it. <laughs> Very good. So this was a farmer. He has, uh, I don't know, here to have limousine animals. Oh, yeah. Like a breed okay. of cattle. I, I'm a, he, I grew up on a farm a, myself, so I'm well used Oh, to did it. you? Oh, you'll know all about them so <laughs> ah, proper, yeah. but... Um, it's not the car now, no. It's a <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we're heading. That's our first gig back now in um, the end of May. We're heading there to do that. Uh, really looking forward to that. As I say, we've done a few uh, driving shows with the band and all, and outside gigs, very, very hard to get an atmosphere at the outside yeah. gigs because, you know, you're on a stage where you'd be used to people around the front of the stage and all, and these gigs then with people sitting in cars, and the only interaction really they can have is, flash their lights or blow the horn or something like that, you know. So can't wait to get back then. We're back in the UK in June. We have three or four gigs. We have three weekends in the UK again in June. Uh, Two of them's in Shropshire as well. don't know where the other one is at the moment. But um, so I think it's getting slowly back. Now, what it's going to be like for normal inside gigs, as I say, uh, two of them gigs in June will be truck shows. You know, they're all outside gigs. So I can't see a lot happening in, in the line of inside gigs. Definitely not this year anyway, you know, mm. which is sad, really, you know. Definitely. I mean, it's just stopped the whole world, hasn't it? And yeah, it's, well, definitely music's took the biggest hit, I would mm, say. Yeah. Last I, I have two small cafes as well, one in Pedigo and one outside Donegal Town. And the, everything stopped for me because I was a, I'd done a, a radio program on our local radio station as well, three days a week on Ocean FM. And because I had been in the UK that time, I had to go into quarantine. And next thing then, like the radio, obviously, in order to stay afloat, they had to make big cutbacks. So I was one of the cutbacks. So I haven't gone back yet. I think now maybe in August again, we're going to go back at that. So that that was a great buzz as well. You know, we had a great listenership. I was on from two to four doing daytime radio, you know, which was a great great boost as well for, for your music career. And it was... Mm-hmm. sort of organising concerts for the local radio station as well. So, again, that all stopped. Two cafes closed down 
And it was like just hitting a brick wall that day, that night we left Manchester. Like it felt like everything had ended right away, you know? Mm-hmm. It's crazy, but hopefully we're on the way out of it now. Well, as I say, I'm out every Saturday in June now, and we have two gigs already now in May to finish off. Out every Saturday in June. July is not looking bad either. But, you know, there is loads of gigs. Like, we would do a lot of weddings as well. The band would do a lot of weddings. And, like, we had about 25 or maybe 26 <coughs> weddings moved from last year to this year. And now, like, people's in the process now are moving them from this year now to next year. So it's just... And there's just, I know there's one wedding book now for like a Tuesday next July, next uh, July, which like the only reason somebody's getting married on a Tuesday is because all the dates now, the weekend dates are all booked up. And, mm. you know, it's sad for people too that has made all them arrangements and deposits paid and florists and cars and hotels and bands, you know, that all these things have changed. But I say, we hope we're on the way out, you know. Definitely, definitely. And uh, let's bring it back to something more positive, I guess. Uh, I was looking at some, exactly. of your, some of your music videos online. They're, they look like absolute great crack. And they look like you have the whole community come out to help you shoot the, the videos. Yes. What, what's that like? It's good crack. Funny, um, again, Andy Cox would have, uh, he would have uh, laid, laid the bones for a lot of the videos as well. You know, what to do. And, you know, Andy's making it, every line needs a different, a different shot you know what i mean yeah. so if we're talking about this like on the market selling selling animals in the mart well there's lines that that needs to be shot on the mart yeah. and there's different lines like a video for on the market probably took three days to do and maybe three weeks to edit mm. then you're trying to get it all done yeah there's another one then we don't know about cut the grass uh copper yeah. if you've seen it i've seen that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> excuse me and uh, again it's a three three four day video as well and you know, very time consuming, but they've paid back good because they're we get a we get a lot of views on them and yeah. a lot of comments from them, you know. But Absolutely. great, great fun making them. And you know, the, there's one there's one wee line in the in the cut the grass, what is it called now? But kicking the bucket or something. And I, I had all actors and friends. They weren't professional actors, they're just friends of mine yeah. who would drive tractors. And I said, You need to kick that bucket. And he had to do it about 20 times because he couldn't he was laughing so much we couldn't get him a serious face to do it yeah but seeing seeing the pubs even after that the slag and that fella gets but he loves it like you know about kicking that bucket just different wee things that make the videos interesting and you know I want to thank Steve Blur and Barry Donnelly and all the guys that helped us doing these videos because there's a lot it's not just about her shooting a video of you walking down a lane or someone yeah. I don't yeah. think you know just not my type of video I know you know yeah, you want to keep it entertaining. You want to be just exactly and I off think into the distance. Why, and... <laughs> this is why we've got so many kids watching that, you know, it's not you're not just standing there at the same thing all the time. Yeah. It's it's always there's always something happening. I say it takes a lot of work to get them done, but I think it pays off in the yeah. end, you know. I don't think pe- people realise how much work goes into like you said, three days and three days editing, like all for three minutes of footage, exactly. you know. It's all all that and people yeah. are saying, you know, so how could how could it possibly take you that long? Well I says you go through it all now and every scene and take it that every scene could have to be done twenty times, mm. you know, in order to get it right. And there was this there was one time like and we were editing and we had to go back out and shoot the whole scene again like three weeks later. It only yeah. took like an hour, but it's still to be done. You know, and that's that's just the sort of the way the way 
that that's just our nation. That's the way we want to do it, you know? That's it. I got good results out of it anyway. I, I had a good, great old time watching the video, so fair play. Uh, there's, <laughs> no, there's, there's one or two of them that's not that interesting, but uh, they're the go on good. There's one, the hangover as well. You know, we're selling a bull cab as a lane, and the, uh, you might have seen it called the hangover copper. It's, um, yeah. it's a good review video. You should have a look at it sometime uh, as well. Yeah. So the one you're you're feeding the the lamb and you're sleeping in the in the the wheelbarrow. Oh, no. <laughs> that was one of the later ones. That was called that was a song called Lamb and Time. Lamb and Time. That was the one, yeah. <clears throat> see, we we planned that song. Lamb normally happens January, February, March. Yeah. So like we had that song written the year before that. Ah, I see your time. And had it recorded and all done. Then to shoot the video the first or second of January and have it released then for February. You know, yeah. just to kind of ties in with the time of year things happens at. You know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all good. And obviously, you've got a massive following behind you. And uh, I do want to say a big hello to Anne Cannon because she has probably one of your biggest supporters, I would say, and, and pushes you everywhere and yeah. is constantly on my phone. Yes, she's, she's been talked about this for a long time now. She'd be on a few episodes. Yes. Anne, or as I call her, Annie Cannon, has, I met Anne about probably five years ago. I think it was in the well and moat. And like, I'd be talking to Anne every single day. Great lady. And, you know, wherever she can promote something for you or share your videos or, uh, you know, there might be a gig coming up. Oh, you should be on that. And she'll, she'll get a contact for, you know, great lady. So Anne will be listening, or as I call her, Annie, will be listening to this. So I want to uh, say a big hello and a big thank you. And it means a lot that there's somebody out there helping you with all this stuff, you know. I keep telling her we need to get her onto uh, an episode. I think she does some great stories. <laughs> she is uh, she's a very, very big country and Western music fan mm-hmm. and travels a lot and like would always buy CDs and very generous to get and, you know, a great lady. And uh, as I say, I met her last summer in Galway for a coffee <clears throat> in the Galway Bay Hotel. It was during lockdown, but things were open last summer a bit, but like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Annie would support a lot of the dances that we'd be at. You know what? Yeah, and I suppose the question you ask about followers. Funny enough, I say a lot of my followers are uh, young kids, younger kids from anything. Like I'd say the uh, Christmas wishes this year. I'd say easily two hundred Christmas wishes I had to do for kids and different people. You know, yeah. and that, I know that's happening because. Uh, there's a company that sends out the merchandise for me, you know, it's all available on uh, my website, paulgallymusic.com. And even though they're doing, I still can keep an eye on it because I'd be copied or CC'd on all the orders. And I just know from the amount of like kids' hoodies and kids' t shirts and stuff like that, like a lot, a lot. I mean, like in the excess of a thousand would have went out before Christmas this year for, you know, for kids for Christmas and stuff like that. And that's, that seems to be the most popular. Uh, and how have you have you kept in touch with them through social medias or things, live well, shows, anything like that? There's people messaging. Out. Things had day, to be honest, Jodie, uh, especially from January this year. I thought, I think last year people had a bit of hope and uh, people were thinking, oh, we're locked down for two weeks now, but we'll be open again. And I'm sorry, Copper and I, for being negative again, talking about this <laughs> over again, but <laughs> I'm just <laughs> trying to explain that. Um, Things will open up and like we will be doing outside shows in the summer. We're doing one in Enniskillen now in two weeks' time and we have one in Banbridge, which is in County... My geography is terrible. I think it's County Down. And like there'll, there'll be a lot of kids and a lot of fans at them types of shows. But again, 
it's really hard getting an atmosphere, as I said earlier in the in the mm-hmm. conversation, getting an mm-hmm. atmosphere at them. But listen, we just keep sharing the music, and I know there's people watching because, like, we do get we do get videos, like maybe ten every week of kids and people watching, and you know, you're just interacting with people all the time. And like, from when I even on Facebook, like, I well, I, I do my own personal page, or somebody else does my music page, but I am copied in on everything, and I see what's happening. If I feel you know, we need to make a comment. Like everybody, if somebody is good enough to watch your video and make a comment on it, I feel they deserve a reply. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that yeah. somebody like we have we have a big following in Tasmania as well. Now I think, as I say, my geography is terrible, but Tasmania is a, a small island south of Australia. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Can anybody <laughs> verify that? No. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right. Well, we uh, we have a lot of following there, and again, uh, you know, like uh, Marty Moen will be singing a lot of the same type of songs that I would be singing. And mm. uh, big shout out to Marty there too, if you ever uh, be tuned in. But you know, we would have uh, had interest from Australia and New Zealand and all for last year and this year, but again, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. But you know. I think things will get back to some sort of normality and that when we, maybe we can do uh, them type of things and get traveling again, because like when you're, when you're on the go all the time and then just to hit the brick wall, it's not very nice, you know? Yeah. Do you think you'll remember how to perform and get up like up on a stage with people actually in front of you? It's going to be a weird feeling. It's weird. Now, we, I do one of these shows every, about once a month for the called concerts on the couch. Yeah. And they're organized and run by JMG Music. And like that keeps you in touch with what's going on. But, you know, you have to think, <coughs> excuse me, you have to think ahead. <coughs> what's the next verse? And it's like it's like anything. If you're a footballer and you didn't play football for a full year, you know, you're just not just going to sl- slip back into it and just be able to just go mm-hmm. and do it. You know, you have to learn yourself and retrain. And yeah, well, I say the first gig now we have back with the band is, is this one in Luton. It's a big farm here, Jody. I don't think it's it's not in the city or the town or not. So, uh, oh, okay. You know, we will be there. Will be like a lot of prep. We'll have to go into that there. You know, song because you take it if you take uh, maybe thirty to forty songs for a two and a half hour gig, and uh, they need to be all in here. Like you can't obviously if you're a professional on stage, you can't be reading <clears throat> words. Of, I don't know. I've seen Richie Remo do that a few times. <laughs> We've seen him. Don't under the bus. So, like, there's going to be a lot of prep in the next couple of weeks, getting ready for that. And even the guys in the band, like, they all. Well, I know the the lads in the band are all the same, except for one lad has moved on there because he was into a bit of farming as well. And, and like the way it is, I couldn't hold them back from getting other jobs if they were getting them because I had no work for them basically. <clears throat> It'll all fall into place again, though. Seemingly, uh, my mother is, was in a two piece band as well, and she says it'll be like uh, riding a bicycle. Yeah. You never forget. Seemingly so. Yeah, Touch wood. <laughs> that we hope that that's going to work out for us now when we get back to it, Jodie. You know? And Brilliant. you mentioned, you mentioned Marty Moan there. I noticed that you both sing Hit the Diff. That's a song you both sing. And, uh, yeah. And if it's a case where it's two, you're on the same billing now. Who who gets to sing it? Or are you both sing it anyway? Well, you see, no, hit the diff. Really, that's Marty's song. Marty yeah. wrote that song himself. Yeah. So like, you know, me and Marty has done a lot of double double bills together. Like, have, but yeah. no, that's definitely Marty's song. So, um, 
Marty Depp. Now Richie Remo would sing it as well, but Marty gets all the grace for that song. Like and that that song has been massive for him, you know? Yeah. It's a very so, famous uh, the- Again, in that same sort of market as we're as the both of us are talking about. Mm. But there's plenty of work for, for oh, both yeah. of us, if, you know. If, uh, it's a big audience things. for for the trucking and the farm and kind of stuff. Well, you see, in the UK alone, every year there's probably the bits of a hundred truck shows. Yeah, wow. And like we we were booked for probably twenty of them last year, maybe twenty five. We only got doing. There was one of them I done in Peterborough, and the guy says to me, "You can sell merchandise. You can do anything. Is but don't sing." <laughs> he said, "We're not allowed to have live music." So, oh yeah. But it was great to meet. It was great to meet because I would even on my Snapchat like there's probably eight or nine thousand people on it, and like. 70% of them are truckers from the UK. So it's great, you know, they'll be snapping away. And I, again, as Snapchat, I always reply to them. And you know, it was great then to put a face to a name and meet these people. And again, when you when you go there, you know, yeah. uh, we've done another one in, in Shropshire and we've done one in, I think it was New York. Uh, so I, we're going to get back at that again. It's good, it's good, it's good to see people, you know. And as I said uh, a few minutes ago, if people are good enough to watch your video and comment on it and make yeah, a comment yeah. and send you a message, I think it's only manners to reply to it, you know. Absolutely. As long as it's a good comment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's another thing. So, but like you have to, you have to do criticism as well. And so fairness, we don't get away a lot. There's the I remember putting up um, a post in a song one time on Facebook. Um and you get some people like saying, oh, that's hurting me years. And you just send them back in LOL. But it's not everybody's into that type of music. And you have yeah. to, you just have to take that yes. on board as well, you know. So yes. it's like you go to a cafe every time. The, the food mightn't be exactly what you want every time, but you just can't say no. You know? Well, at this point is where I hand over to Copper. If you've seen this before, this is where we go over to Copper's Corner and oh, he's yeah. going to throw some random questions at you. And he pipe. sits with his pipe, which just makes him feel more comfortable, I think. Let's <laughs> go, Copper. Keep them, uh, keep them civil. <laughs> Come into the corner, get to know me better, man. Um, so this is just where I ask some random questions. So if you think back when you first bought music, what's the first CD or cassette album, let's say, that you, you ever bought? The first, the first song I learned was a song called My Lovely Lovely Rose of Clare. And I remember writing that song down. And I remember where I was when I wrote it. I remember it was a tape player we wrote it from. Yeah. And saying that, the very, very first experience I'd have, my mother had a record player in the house. Now, I know that might sound like <clears throat> I'm nearly 100, but like record players were still going in Ireland a few years ago. They're, they're back in fashion now, though. Uh, the, we had the record player nickname as Susan. Because my mother was a big Susan McCann fan as well. Yeah. And Susan was always on that record player. So we nicknamed the record player then Susan. <laughs> First CD I bought, I think it was Mick Flavin's CD, Travelling to Flavin. Big oh, fan of Mick. Yeah. Oh, very good. <laughs> so straight into the Irish country scene straight away. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, tell me this as well. If you were going to have a, a dinner party and you could invite three people from any point in history, alive or dead, who would you invite and why? That's a good question. Um, I always like, I suppose, we'll, we'll do one-up music anyway. I'd, I would always like Randy Travis as a singer. Oh, yeah. Absolute legend, yeah. Uh, lady Diana would have been the second. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh-huh. Lovely lady, and I would have followed her story, and nice. even the latter, Blue Monster and all that. Uh, let me pick a third one now. 
Um, you've got me here, Copper, but I'll, I'll pick one for you now. Uh, does it... Can we come back to it? No, no, I'll get... <laughs> we, we can put Anne Cannon in that third seat. We'll put Anne Cannon in the third seat, yeah. Even though I haven't met her and I had it lunch with her, we'll put her in that third seat, yeah. But yeah, like, <laughs> I suppose, really, a lot of the Irish country singers, well, I've met them all because, like, we... I would, Nathan lives up the road from Nathan Carter, only lives about 20 minutes up the road. Derek's living in Fermanagh now as well. I would know all them, you know. And as I say... Mick Flavin that had been my idol from day one, like I'm very, very friendly as Mick Flavin nowadays. And you know, suppose to get the American singers, Daniel even lives in the same county. And I was talking to him there a few weeks ago, though, even though I think he's in Tenerife. And I suppose a lot of them people at these sun like the Sunday World Country Music Awards and all that mm-hmm. you would meet uh maybe a few times a year. So uh yeah, we'll we'll go with we'll go with M three copper oh, if that's okay with you. That's it. Just, no, there's no wrong answer. <laughs> no wrong answer. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. And if you were to say, if you're marooned on a desert island, and uh, you could pick your three desert island discs, so three CDs that you'd never get sick of, no matter how many times you listen to, what would they? What would they be? Um. Well, I have to go with my first one, McFlavin, definitely. Yes. That one that that CD that would would have bought first, and even even Mick's latest CD, like is is just <clears throat> not strange songs, but the songs you never really hear. They're not all original songs, but like the songs that Mick is a great man for picking songs as well. So I go with that one first. In the eighties, I was growing up in the eighties, and I love the eighties music. Um, there was a, there was a. It was a CD out of various artists. I think it was now 20, maybe, or now. This yeah. is probably showing my age too much. <laughs> but we'll say, was it now 21 or something like that there? Uh, there was brilliant, some brilliant 80s music on that there, you know? Yeah. And uh, I would be partial to a bit of ABBA as well. With oh, some yeah. great songs. I can't beat ABBA. Great, great play. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And uh, what was the first gig that you ever went to that you paid money, you bought a ticket to go see? This is a very good question, Copper, because um, when all my friends were going out to these things, I was always away playing music. But and this is this is probably shock you. <clears throat> way a long, long time ago, um, myself, when I was in the second sort of band, the fella plays in the band along with me was called Declan Colton. So we were coming home from a gig and then we, we went into the local nightclub and he announced on the Sunday night that he was going to uh, England in a couple of hours' time, and he said, will you come with me? <clears throat> and I said, can't see why not. So we went home, packed the bag, and we were actually going to uh, U2 in Wembley. Wow. Yeah, and that would <laughs> have been the old Wembley Stadium. So I don't know what that year that was knocked on, but yeah, yeah that's, that would have been probably the first. Uh, might not have been the very, very first time I paid money, but it was one of the one that definitely sticks in my head and the way that we list, just got into the back of a, a Vauxhall Cavalier, drove to Belfast and then like eight or nine hours drive from Karen Ryan down to yeah. London. And we stayed there for from Monday to Friday because we'd have been gigging in the weekend again. So yeah, <clears throat> Wembley, you two can't tell you the year, uh, Copper, because my memory is just not that good. I know it was an amazing <laughs> concert. Anyway. That's, that's, a, that's a good first concert anyway. Yeah, bottom yeah. of the edge up there and singing the way. Mm-hmm. Fair play. Yeah. And uh, I suppose 
you've um obviously you're in the music game a long time you're touring up mm. and down the country and all mm. do you have any good mad tour stories any crazy crack from the road let's say clean ones clean ones children listening now a lot a lot of things a lot of things have happened you know and throughout even when me and my mum was playing you have ups and downs like all nights uh they're not all good they're, like the, the incidents happen but the thing about them when you go on the stage you have oh, to be happy and smile regardless of yeah. what happens you know, and there's things did happen, good things, a lot of good things, a lot of bad things. Uh, typical story <coughs> of what I remember one night as well, we we're coming home from playing, and uh, I, Declan, the fellow, those three of us in the car. So uh, we're, we were nearly home, actually. We were only probably about 20 miles from home, and we we're coming home one night, and Declan was driving, and I let on, I was sick in the passenger seat, and a, a wee girl used to play with us on the fiddle collette. Colette McGree. So we Declan it on the car had died out. So he says, I was sleeping and I was sick. And he said to Colette, would you get out and push? Give us a push to get us to get us started again. Yeah. We messed about, and of course, Colette got out and gave us a push. And next thing the, the police landed on us in the middle of this, all this happening. And like they just couldn't <clears> get their head around this way, the two of us. Big strong man were sitting in a car, and this nice, nice little petite lady was out giving us a push. That that that's come back a long time ago. There's more stories than you would ever even remember. You know, oh, like yeah, yeah. we we broke down one time going to a gig. We were going to Inverness now. From Donegal to Inverness is a long, long spin. We broke down almost at the gig as well, and just by luck, people going to the gig. And like they all rambled around together and got us towed in and got the gear up and we got started. And in Scotland, if you're if you're meant to start playing, at, uh, start your gig at nine o'clock. It's not five past nine. It's nine o'clock. It's not mm-hmm. nine ish. It's nine o'clock. So uh, there's there's some great story. There's, there's there's a lot of guys in the band. I'll tell you, we travelled with <clears throat> we done a weekend in England as well uh, with Brian Call and Brian was just complete gentleman and Brian he's full of, he was full of stories wasn't he just oh, well, knew that, everything yeah so there was a we, we'd done two nights in Seamus Moore's pub and where what was that pub called again Conway's three in London Conway's yeah in, in North London yeah when so Brian flew over on the Friday we drove over in the van Brian flew over on the Friday we'd done the Friday and the Saturday in Conway's three and then we were going to the Birmingham Irish Centre for the Sunday night so there was this guy in the band at that time as well called Jimmy Henry. So I was driving the van myself. I don't know where, who, where I was driving. And Brian Call, no, Jimmy Henry was sitting beside me. And Brian Call was sitting at the outside. And Brian's stories were unbelievable. Like, I, you'd, you'd miss him really yeah. a lot from the music scene. Like, But um, Jimmy says to me, I'm going to try and count to 10 between Brian's stories. So Brian would tell the story. And these stories... But, like they could last 15 minutes, but they were still very, very, very interesting, these stories, you know. So uh Brian would stop and Jimmy would go one. Just literally look. Brian didn't really know it was even though me and him spoke about it afterwards. Brian Jimmy would go one, two, three. But Jimmy never could get past five, never mind ten, and tell him these stories. Or he's on to the next uh, one. Yeah. Brian would oh, and he had more interesting stories like one night. He had an old car and he lifted these two guys. I think it was down near Limerick or somewhere like that. And Brian lives in Tyrone and Oma, which is only a half an hour from me as well. Yeah. Or that's where he did live, sorry. 
And uh, he was telling, he lifted these two. Now, Brian never never consumed alcohol himself at all. Like, he was a pioneer all his life. But he was telling me that um, he lifted two fellas in Limerick or somewhere. And he kept them, like, maybe only maybe five or six miles. So mm. Brian landed home to Oma. And looked, he could hear this noise in the back. In the, back. the guy had got out of the front of the car. But the guy in the back of the car fell asleep. And Brian drove on, and of course that, like this, could be, I don't know what year this was, and it was a long time ago. No mobile phones, no that, and the guy slept in the back of the car to Brian got to Oma. So Brian got to Oma, he said, get out of the car, just dying to get to bed, and he had to turn and drive back to Limerick, and Limerick again with the guy in the back of the car. Oh, <laughs> and that's, that's a true story. That, well, wow. Brian called him, it's true anyway. <laughs> But like I was saying that time, we, we travelled then on the Sunday from, from London up to Birmingham. It was probably normally only a two-hour journey. There was a big road works in the M6 and it turned out a three-and-a-half-hour journey. But I wish it could have went on forever because like the stories we heard that time on on that two- or three-hour trip was amazing. There was another young fellow in the band with me that time as well, Carl Kilpatrick, and he was just mesmerised by all these stories you heard. And like a journey, you would think that you were going to be not looking forward to get into the van, go to sleep, that you're suddenly your ears are cocked the whole way through to hear, you know, what had happened. And, you know, nowadays, a lot in, in the band, a lot of guys travel, a lot of musicians even travel to the gigs themselves, where that time everybody went in the van. Like if you yeah. follow me in a bag, she would tell you that everybody went, if you were going to a gig, everybody went in the van, the bandwagon, you know, but mm. yeah. Some great stories, and I suppose I'll be thinking of the, all these stories now when I go offline. Like, it's, that's it. Yeah. You should write a book. <laughs> exactly. Well, Brian Call actually did write a book, and he got it published and all before he died. And uh, I was at his funeral. Very sad. You know, he was yeah. he was one of the best. And he was, he was actually one of the people on Gary Gamble's episode. He was somebody he wanted at his dinner party for the storytelling. That's true. Yeah. Oh, Gary Gamble, I wanted Brian. Yeah. Brian, as, as I say. The reason probably that I didn't pick somebody like Brian was because, like, me and Brian has a dinner together so many times, like, even even <laughs> that period of time, yeah. and even as late as maybe it would have been, like, about a month or two before everything locked down, we were in Glen Farn in the ballroom of romance, mm. Mm. and Brian was there doing a gig with us, and, like, it just felt so natural for everything. Uh, the ballroom of romance in Glen Farn would be an old dance hall, and I organised a concert through Ocean FM and definitely number one on the list was Brian Call. And like Brian had like maybe a 20 minute slot on the concert uh, because there was like five or six other singers on it. Brian's slot ended up being over an hour. But when he was when he went onto the stage, he just started to talk and talk and talk and talk. And like, but the thing about it is you don't mind was he's very interesting to listen to, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have one more question. I, I generally ask for the crack uh, at all my guests here, but um, uh, with varying success. But do you have any ghost stories for us? Any experiences? Um, not a lot of ghost stories, no, Copper. I wouldn't, you know, there's something I wouldn't read into much, you know, as, as ghosts and yeah. spirits and all this kind of thing, because I never, ever, ever had an experience with anything like that which is probably a good thing in a way. Nice. There is people, and I, I think maybe, and again, everybody, of course, is entitled to their opinion. Mine is that I wouldn't have a lot of belief in it, to be honest with you. Oh, so I never had the experience of 
anything like it happening yeah. to me like that. So um, it's like... If we'll have to take you on a ghost tour then or something. <laughs> I'm like, for the likes of a horror film, I couldn't watch a horror. I never have in my life yeah, yeah. watched a horror film and I don't ever intend to watch one either. Yeah. So I, I just I, I can't do that. So I'm like, if you happen to head aboard with the van or the car or even drive over a wee rabbit or something like that, I would, you'd be, I'd be mortified. Like it just, you know, you just feel all bad about it, you know? Yeah, so yeah. no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be any good chance for that one. Yeah, for no, <laughs> like the way I look at it is I don't, I don't know if I necessarily believe either, but I believe in possibly the, believe in the possibility or something. But I, mm. like I used to work in a haunted house and all this kind of crack. I just had great fun and, uh, wouldn't be for me now. Yeah. I love all my horror <laughs> films. I just, I'm totally entertained by the, all the ghosts and all that kind of stuff. So, I always, I always ask, like we had Gary Gamble on there a few weeks ago and he told us to, about, he went on about half an hour about his haunted house and all this kind of crack. It was yeah. really unexpected. So it was, uh, yeah. it's good crack. We get, we get varying answers to yeah. that question. Well, I suppose my answer really wasn't much good to you then. So, but I, don't, <laughs> I, I can only tell what's in here. I just, I wouldn't yeah. have much belief in them at all. <laughs> I've, I've never experienced anything like it. Yeah. So therefore, <laughs> I might have to pass that question. <laughs> no worries at all. You know? But Joe, do you have yeah. any more questions? So where can anybody sort of watching or listening in that might want to get in contact with you or catch your music or anything like that, where can they find you on social media and things? Well, I suppose all my, all the, my merchandise sales and all is on uh, my website, www.paulkellymusic.com. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, all the, the local, all the normal social media platforms were all in it. As I say, they're they're well when we when things were very busy, there was other people doing this, you know, because I, I as I said a few times, every message uh, deserves a reply. And if you're away all the time and doing this, that could not happen. So there's other people that done my Facebook and Instagram, even though I still have it on my own phone. And like I I would I see everything that's going on, you know. Mm. Um, so I suppose Facebook and maybe more so Instagram nowadays is where everything happens. Yeah. You know, as I say, you can keep in touch with a lot of things on them on, on Facebook and Instagram alone. The website for any CDs, any up and coming music, all all be posted on the website like just days before it's about to happen, you know. Brilliant. Well, you've been an amazing guest. I feel like we've learned loads about you, and uh hopefully we haven't uh kept you too long today no no well uh if you're ever in uh, a wee village called pedigo and if you have a look on google you see it's just on the very border uh, there's a wee cafe there and if i'm not there the girls will make you welcome lovely we'll be coming and uh, copper you're living in i'm down in wexford wexford yeah uh where the closest gig to wexford we would have done would have been probably waterford yeah. you saw the two patty o'brien's weekend down there in Lawler's Hotel is that in Waterford maybe is it Lawler's Hotel it doesn't ring a bell now no it's in Waterford City is it um, yeah there's Lawler's Hotel and the Spikes Hotel and maybe it's in Waterford, in Waterford. Uh, yeah. I'd say we done um, what did you call the gig then we done we done a lot we done a lot of work down in, in the south of Ireland yeah uh, there was one great gig uh, if I can see when these things go out of your head then it's hard to remember them but I as I say well, always looking for a house to go for a, a mug of tea, so I'd say, oh, around Donegal, you know. If you're ever down to Wexford, give me a shout. <laughs> oh, for definite. 
have yeah. the cream buns and as Cuba Duncan would say. That's it. <laughs> That's it, absolutely. Well, thank you so, so much, Paul. It's been great catching up with you. Thank you so much. Uh, Jody and Copper, I wanted this opportunity to thank you both. Um, loads of people watch these and are very interested in them. It's great for us to be doing them. I know I <clears throat> it took us a week while getting them just pinned down. Yeah, but well done to both of you. Keep up the good work. And for anybody listening, and if you want a CD or a gig done or a birthday party, a wedding, anything, we're open to anything, uh, check out paulkellymusic.com. You can find all the contact details and any up-and-coming material will all be on there that's it. and i suppose I'll, that's i'll put the link in the description of the podcast as well good so man proper, yeah easy to find and of course all the videos if you just go into paul kelly now there is another paul kelly singer in australia because i get um some uh, mistakes for him sometimes <laughs> and uh so you need to probably go paul kelly ireland or paul kelly someone you'll yeah. find it anyway because i'm about probably there's probably about 30 songs at the moment on youtube I have three albums done of two DVDs, so there's there's always something there. I'm lucky yeah. I don't. There's not another Copper Kelly. Does it, everyone keeps calling me Cooper though? So it's a bit confusing. That oh, it's nothing good for you. No, lads. Thanks, thanks a million for this. This is great. Thank like, you. And and, and uh, again to my good friend Annie Cannon. Hello and thanks for helping to organise this. And I'm sure you'll be listening. She will. <laughs> Thank you so much, Paul. Brilliant. Brilliant. And Thanks, I hope to talk to you soon. And uh, to Jody, uh, she'll keep in touch via WhatsApp or whatever. And Definitely. you never know if I'm in Luton in a few weeks' time, I'll pop you a message, send you yes. the postcode where we are. And if you're anywhere near, we'll meet up for coffee. Uh, I'm sure I can make that happen. <laughs> Lovely. Will you take care of yourself? Thanks very Thanks. much. Bye. Bye bye.